Orale, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFB podcast. I'm your host, Jorge Martin, and I'm pumped. I'm pumped. We are going to Steel Town today, Pittsburgh, everybody. It's the home, it's also the home of Mr. Rogers, but it is La Casa de los Steelers. Yes, we're gonna be we may even play some Renegade later on today, but taking us there behind the steel curtain is Noah Strackbine. He's covered the 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 Steelers for Sports Illustrated. All told, about five seasons now on the Steeler beat, but he uh, he covers them for Sports Illustrated as well as AllSteelers.com. Noah, Noah, muchas gracias. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me on. I, I appreciate it. Oh, this is awesome. I mean, I you know, I think the Steelers, especially during the Big Ben era, have been one of the most friendly teams for fantasy for a long. So we're going on over fifteen years now. Uh, you know, this this year we are seeing a little bit of a coaching change. Obviously, Mike Tomlin is entrenched uh, as one of the you know most uh, one of the one of the best and most tenured coaches in the NFL. But there's a change in or in offensive coordinator to Matt Canada. Some someone of my age remembers Matt Canada being a backup quarterback in the NFL. He's <laughs> he's a uh, he is, uh, but now he's going to be calling plays for the Steelers. Can you, you know, and that means big, you know, calling plays for Big Ben, which, uh, you know, this being this, he's a superstar quarterback, someone who's uh, really has his own tenure in the NFL. Can you kind of run through first the coaching change and what that a little bit of what that's going to mean for Big Ben? Yeah, honestly, it's going to mean a ton. Uh, Matt Canada's offense seems to be totally different than what the Steelers have seen. The past couple of years, obviously, you know, it's still Ben Roethlisberger and a lot of it is Ben Roethlisberger's offense. So he's going to have a strong say in how the flow of everything goes and, you know, what play selections they start games with and end games with and so on and so forth. But when it comes to pre-snap motions and how many tight ends are on the field or how many wide receivers are on the field or where they use different running backs, it's all going to be very different than the RPO style you know, bell cow runner that the Steelers have had for the last, you know, 15 years under Mike Tomlin and under Randy Feekner. Um, Matt Canada just seems to add more splash, add more youth. Um, and so far it's, it's worked obviously with some backup quarterbacks in the preseason, but with Ben in there, it should look very exciting and it should really open the field up for a lot of guys. How, how do you, where do you see uh, some of the, some of the places that he's going to, he's going to, uh, you know, change, improve. I mean, this is year two coming off of the elbow surgery. And I know, you know, people who are familiar, I, I, I don't know if we've technically called it Tommy John surgery, but in baseball, the second full year for pitchers is usually when they get everything back. Um, you know, for him, is it going to be last year? We saw so many short passes. Uh, are we going to start seeing him tear it loose kind of like in the Indianapolis game? I think so. I think that Ben feels a lot better. He said last season that he felt good, but it was more of like a mental thing. He, he was still a little nervous. He, he was obviously coming off, like you said, reconstructive surgery on his elbow. So that's a major move, especially 17 years into the NFL. Um, but he said, this is the first year where there's no pain. There's no thoughts of, you know, what can go wrong. It's just a, a free and loose Ben. So yeah, I definitely expect him to go deep way more than we have seen him. And that's what his options kind of, give him with the wide receiver crew. I mean, you have Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, which are speedy, big dudes with great athleticism and that can catch basically anything. You have guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, who 
you know, even if he plays better in the slot, can still be a deep threat at any moment. Um, there's plenty of speed in the running back game. I, I just think that if Ben is going to play to how healthy he is, which that's what he keeps talking about is how healthy and how he wants to play more free now that he does feel healthy. Um, I do expect him to, to toss a deep, definitely a couple of times a game. Is this going to still be a team that leans, you know, more heavily toward the pass than the run? Um, I, I want to say yes, but I think that all depends on how good Najee Harris is right from the jump, because obviously it's his backfield and they want to develop him. But if he needs a couple of games to work his way into the system and work his way into the NFL groove, then, you know, Ben's going to take over and he's going to start drawing plays in the dirt again. And this is going to be a pass first offense, but it's the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Pittsburgh Steelers love to ground and pound the football. And that's what they want to do. That's what the focus was from top to bottom. I mean, Art Rooney said it like three times over the offseason that this is going to be a running football team. So I definitely expect once Najee Harris is ready to go, this is another running football team, no doubt. Well, let's get into that. Let's get into Najee Harris. Uh, you know, I think, you know, long time Steeler fans dating back to the 70s are going to love seeing Harris on the back of a running back. Uh, you know, obviously the Hall of Famer. I, I met him one time at Dodger Stadium. Really cool. Really cool guy. Uh, but uh, Franco being. I think when I think when I met Franco, Najee might have been like 10 years old or something. Yeah, I was gonna say he was, he was barely around. He was just starting to walk. Yeah. <laughs> but uh Najee Harris, he is one of the most exciting young players in fantasy football. Yeah, I think mm -hmm. I think everybody's expecting a, a lot of times there's one or two running backs who come in and they take the job by the throat from day one, and the expectation is that for him. Our, you know, you've we saw him in the Hall of Fame game, definitely getting the first team reps. Uh, is this really shaping up as a guy who could be getting more than 300 touches? Oh, definitely. This is Najee Harris's backfield, and it's going to remain Najee Harris's backfield. Benny Snell Jr. had a strong chance to kind of take away from Najee's car carries in year one because they do like Snell and they like a power horse running back, which is what he is. But He's been hurt. He's been out for about two, two and a half weeks now. Um, so that kind of just put Harris in the driver's seat and said, go for it. Anthony McFarlane is a guy to watch. He, he's a guy that's in his second year. He looks bigger. He came into the NFL as just like a really fast, elusive dude. Now he looks like a true running back. They line him up out in the slot sometimes. So, so they will use him, but they're going to rely on Najee Harris. That's going to be the guy that they want to give the ball to three times a series or three times in a, in a four down series. They want to have him be the first thousand yard rusher in what, three years. So if, if the Steelers, if everything clicks and Najee is what the Steelers expect him to be, 300 carries is, is an easy total for him this season. What about on the, uh, in the passing game? I mean, that was something that was very impressive about him last year. Very, uh, maybe not to the Le'Veon Bell era, but uh, are, are we looking at definitely another another really good uh, pass catcher out of the backfield? Yeah, definitely. And the, the Le'Veon Bell comparisons, I get them. I don't think that he is the pass catcher that Le'Veon was, but the dude puts up a one-handed grab about once a week at practice, which is pretty impressive. Um, he definitely knows how to run a route very well. He, he's bigger um, than most, I, I would say, bigger than most elusive running backs. Because when you watch him run, he's a guy who could make shifty turns all the time, but he's still 6'2". So, you know, that's a big dude. And um, 
when it comes to pass catching, I mean, he rarely drops the football. Um, I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a, a gif going around where somebody asked him about a one-handed catch and his response was, bro, what? Because he was like, I'm a wide receiver. That's what I am. And uh, since day one, that's what he's preached, that he's a wide out. He's not a running back. Um, I think the Steelers are going to utilize him to, to that as much as they can. Um, it depends on how creative the Steelers want to get with that, but I do expect Najee to catch the ball a ton, yeah. And you mentioned McFarland, but I mean, he's really just kind of, uh, you know, he's, he's definitely the number two there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're not looking at like a cream hunt, uh, Nick Chubb type of situation. He's, you know, for emergency break glass only. Right. I want to say yes, but I, truthfully, I don't know because in a Randy Feekner, Mike Tomlin offense, it is Najee Harris all day, nothing but Najee Harris, but at training camp, in Matt Canada's offense, we see Anthony McFarlane line up in the slot with the first team quite a bit with Najee on the field. We also see two back sets. We see an H back all the time. So there's plenty of positions for Anthony McFarlane to fill this season. And I think he is going to be the first guy that they want on the field. Like as that, I don't know if you want to compare him to like a DeAnthony Thomas, where he just plays everywhere. He's just a real fast dude who, who can make plays happen. Um, and so far through two preseason games, he's played really well. So I, I want to say that he is still like that true backup who's barely going to be on the field. But there's definitely a chance that this offense features a ton of Anthony McFarlane. All right. Well, let's talk about let's go to the wide receivers and tons of passes gone to Deontay Johnson last year. Quite a few also to Juju Smith, Schuster, Chase Claypool. Also, can you kind of break down? how you think the targets are going to be split up with these three guys? Cause, and, and is it possible that all three could go over a hundred targets in a 17 game season? Oof, I, w- I want to say yes, but no, I'm going to say no, because Pat Fryermuth is a guy to keep, to keep an eye on at tight end. Eric Ebron is going to be heavily involved in this offense. Um, and like I keep saying, Anthony McFarland takes some of that passing game away. So it, it is hard to say that three of them will have a hundred catch seasons. That being said, if two of them did and one of them came pretty close or if all three of them came fairly close, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised about that at all. Um, I think that it gets split up. I see Deontay Johnson leading this team and catches this season. Um, I think he is the perfect wide receiver for Ben Roethlisberger. He's shifty. Um, He's probably a better route runner than Antonio Brown ever was. And that's saying a lot because we all saw how much Ben loved A.B., um, he, he continues to fight for the ball. Uh, and by that, I mean, Big Ben has this habit of escaping from the pocket and making plays out of nowhere. And his wide receivers need to keep moving. Deontay does that better than anybody. Um, then I see Juju being that second guy because he's still that slot guy that in the middle, give you 10 yards on every catch type of guy. Ben loves that and will continue to love Juju no matter what. Um, and Chase is going to be the deep threat. He's going to be the big six four dude with phenomenal speed. Um, that Ben is going to go to quite a bit, but I think those plays are going to be 30-yard passes, 40-yard passes. Most of them will turn into touchdowns, um, uh, and that's just the game it'll play. So he'll he'll probably stay last, but if he led the team in receiving yards, I would not be surprised by that at all. And, that, and that's the thing. I mean, just seeing him in the preseason already, and he was to me, he was one of the most impressive rookies just from mm-hmm. the way I think, he, you know, sometimes players don't use their gifts all the way as rookies, but he, you know, he's big, he's strong, he's fast. And I saw him fight for extra yardage and fight for the goal line. 
Claypool is a guy that I've been promoting a lot uh, as as a guy to, as a guy to get, and I've gotten him in, on a lot of teams already. Is is could he take a step, kind of like a DK Metcalf last year, even without oh. the heavy volume? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Chase Claypool. Look, I, I'm a little cautious about hyping up Chase Claypool at this point because, truthfully, I'm concerned that there's a bit of a drop issue with him at training camp. And even in the preseason, like we've seen, he makes one phenomenal catch and then he'll drop a wide open pass. And he does that pretty consistently, which is something to keep an eye on, something maybe that you have to worry about. Um, or it could be absolutely nothing. And once the season starts, it's game on, no more drops. But if everything clicks and those drops don't happen, Chase Claypool could easily be a pro bowler. He could easily take that DK Metcalf step. I don't think he's as physically gifted as DK is. But I think he's got all the potential to be just as good, you know, with the tangibles that he has. In other words, he's not going to be as fast as DK. Um, he, I don't think anybody is athletic overall as DK is. But um, he could be he could be that in a Chase Claypool form, which is still going to be phenomenal. Could easily be a Pro Bowler, and I think you know the ceiling for him this season is an All Pro selection. And if Ben stays healthy and this team clicks, that's that's definitely on the bucket list and something that's easily obtainable. You you, you touched on the tight ends a little bit ago. Pat mm-hmm. Fryermuth has been someone who's gotten a, a lot of uh, a lot of accolades for his blocking already in in uh, preseason, but mm-hmm. also he's uh, a receiving threat. Eric Ebron is there. How much do you see these two kind of you know eating into some of the targets that that the receivers might be getting? I honestly see it a lot. I think Matt Canada's offense is built around a 12 personnel, sometimes even a 13 personnel. Um, that includes Derek Watt in there. And it, it's exciting, but it definitely is going to take away from guys like Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster. Um, because for one, Ben has always loved his tight ends. I mean, Heath Miller is a, a rock or whatever you want to call him in Pittsburgh. You yell the word Heath and everyone around you is going to yell Heath with you. Um, and that, that's been missing in Pittsburgh ever since, ever since he's left, Ben has wanted that tight end. I think he finally got it last season in Eric Ebron. And I think this season, he definitely hasn't Pat Fryermuth. He's obviously young. He's a rookie. Um, he's not going to overstep Ebron. But he carries all those intangibles that Mike Tomlin loves. Um, he's got all the physical attributes that you want for a developing tight end. And I think that Matt Cannon is going to do everything he can to get him involved in the offense. Eric Ebron will, you know, that'll be more of a natural fit when it comes to the passing game. But Pat, Pat Fryermuth is a guy to watch and keep an eye on even in the last two preseason games because there's a strong chance that he is like the leading receiving tight end this season just because of how Matt Canada works him in there. And, you know, you, you talked about the, the last two preseason games, obviously, you know, the Steelers are going to be one of two teams to play four preseason games. I, you know, is, and, and Tomlin loves to play his guys in preseason, whereas some teams mm-hmm. don't, you know, they sit their starters all the way through. How much heavy involvement do you see these guys having in the last two games? The, some of the oh. more prominent players. A lot, actually. Tomlin said after the last preseason game in Philly that Ben Roethlisberger will start in the third one, which makes no sense because that still gives you a little over two weeks before the first regular season game. And I just think that's too early. But it shows, just like you said, Mike Tomlin loves to involve his guys in these preseason games. He had the extra one. I think he just used it as a normal year 
Um, and now he's going to get everything going. I expect to see the whole offensive line in there at some point. I definitely expect to see all the wide receivers play significant snaps in this next preseason game. I see Ben taking a series or two in this one, and then maybe even more in the last one. Um, and then on defense, most of the starters have played, um, but the guys like TJ Watt, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tua, guys that don't really need to play, they'll stay off the field. Um, offensive though, at some point, yeah, we're going to see the whole starting offense on the field. And honestly, I think it's going to be this Saturday. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you, you touched on the line and I think that has been when it comes to off season intrigue, it, it's funny. I feel like the offensive line for the Steelers has gotten more, uh, more attention than even the Kansas city chiefs and their, mm-hmm. <laughs> their, their offensive yeah. line was stripped naked in the super bowl. Tell me about uh, this unit. It's it's not one of the most highly ranked units after many years of being one of the top units. What what can we expect from this unit? I, I honestly, I, I that's a tough one. That might be the toughest question the Pittsburgh Steelers have to answer this season is how good is the offensive line going to be? Because against the Philadelphia Eagles in the second preseason game where we saw four, three out of the five offensive starters – they looked terrible. They like it and actually was, it, it was very concerning how bad guys like Trey Turner and Kendrick green and uh, Chooks of looked against the Eagles. And that's kind of how they've looked all training camp. It's very hit or miss. Some days they are good days and the offensive line is something that you're like, okay, you know, they could build off this. They look pretty good. And then there are days where you're just like, Ben is going to get eaten alive this season. Najee's in trouble. Um, it's tough because we still haven't seen Zach Banner. He's coming back from an ACL injury. And that's something that could easily make or break this line. If Matt, if Zach Banner's there and he's a reliable guy, and then Trey Turner is the pro bowl veteran that they want him to be, that they signed him to be, then the right side of the offensive line is at least good enough to run behind, to utilize as much as he can. And then clearly Kevin Dotson, who's a second year guy and maybe not a lot of people know about him, but they should because he's going to be a monster in the NFL for years to come. He's kind of like the new David DeCastro uh, or Ramon Foster or Marquise Pouncey, whatever you want to call him. He's the guy that they're going to build this offensive line around. The, you know, and, and he's played like that. He just looks, he looks nasty this season. And that's something that should be very exciting. But then you got a core four who's a giant question mark. Who's now going to play left tackle for the first time in his career um, who does not look good. And his only backup is Dan Moore Jr., who is a rookie, a fourth-round rookie, who also hasn't really looked that good. Um, and Kendrick Green is a rookie third-round center who should start by week one, but he's super hit or miss because in college he played guard, and until week one of the preseason, he'll have one starting regular season game under his belt in all of college at the center position. So giant question mark and i don't even know i don't know when you'll see whether or not it's going to develop into something fruitful or not because at this point none of them have been on the field together long enough to even get a bot all right let's one last one we'll go to the other side of the ball yeah yeah when you're when you're talking about steelers it's hard to not to ignore the defense and this is a team that's i mean historically been one of the best defenses year in and year out this was a great defense last year uh obviously lost bud dupree from uh during the season last year and then in free agency but you still got tj Watt. you still got femenka fix patrick what uh, how do you see this unit playing against both the run and the pass 
Honestly, I think they're going to be fine. <laughs> There's one concern, and that's at cornerback. Um, they, they still haven't found a way to replace Mike Hilton. Right now it's like Arthur Millette. But the trade for Joe Sherbert might like uh, might eliminate that. And we just talked about that. I talked about that with a couple of people yesterday when we watched him practice for the first time. The Steelers, now that they have two reliable inside linebackers in Devin Bush and Joe Sherbert, they have the option to play maybe more dime than nickel, which allows Cam Sutton to play his natural position in the dime, allows James Pierre, who's an undrafted guy who's come in here and really impressed in training camp this year, to play on the outside opposite of Joe Hayden um, and kind of solves your have to replace Mike Hilton problem. Uh, besides that, you know, replacing Buddy Pree, a breeze. Alex Highsmith looks like a monster. The dude looks just as big as TJ Watt. He looks just as dominant. At, he looks like he took TJ Watt's workout ran with it for a whole year and now he's come into his second NFL season. You know, obviously Melvin Ingram is a proven pro bowler and he looks healthy and he looks really good as that quality backup. Um, the rest of the defense, I mean, TJ Watt is TJ Watt. The dude's about to get a six figure or uh, way more than six figures, a uh, hundred and some million dollar contract in the next couple of days. Um, deservingly so. Devin Bush is healthy. Minka Fitzpatrick is all mad because he fell to 52 on the NFL top 100. So, you know, he's going to be just fine. Um, and, and Joe Hayden, Cam Hayward, Stefan Tewitt, those guys are proven and they're going to keep being proven. Um, the Steelers defense, truthfully, I think could be the best in the NFL this season if they put everything together and they stay healthy. Um, and if that happens, I don't see any reason they can't be. Yeah, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, I think I think there's one thing we know about uh, professional athletes: they love to have a chip on their shoulder, figure out a chip on their shoulder, and use it, <laughs> use it, use it, use it. Completely. Yeah, they keep. Everybody <laughs> keeps giving them something. Everybody keeps giving them something. Oh man, uh, Noah, this has been fantastic. You, you, I love going. I mean, the Steelers are always one of my favorite teams to uh, talk about because they're so fantasy friendly, and and the NFC North is so good. I mean, again how do you see the NFC North kind of breaking down everybody, you know, the, the Steelers are going to be good. could be good. The Browns are expected to be good. The Ravens are expected to be good. The Bengals are coming back up. How, how do you see it shaking out? It's going to be a tough one for sure. I actually was just having this debate the other day. I was just casually talking to some people and they were like, I, I don't know if the NFC North is going to be pretty good. And I'm like, I think it might be the best division in football this season. You know, Lamar Jackson's an MVP, and if everything works for him the way that they tried to stack the pass game this season, that offense could be twice as good as it was last year. And we haven't seen Lamar Jackson be able to throw the football effectively. So I can only imagine what an MVP is once he actually gets to play quarterback. Um, Baker Mayfield, there's a lot riding on him, but the Browns might have the best roster in football. And that's from top to bottom on both sides of the football. So I they're definitely going to be a threat. They might actually pull off the AFC North. The Steelers are the Steelers, and until proven otherwise, Mike Tomlin is a winning coach, and he will continue to be a winning coach. And even without a good offensive line or run game last season, Pittsburgh started 11-0, and that's something that you have to look at and go, well, there was plenty of potential here before everybody died off. Um, the Bengals, you know, they're the Bengals, but they're up and coming, and they should be exciting, and Joe Burrow should definitely be something to watch. If I had to pick, I, I'm, I'm – Steelers fans are going to hate this one, but I think the Browns are going to pull it off this season and they'll win the AFC North. And then I think the Steelers will, will be a close second. And then maybe, maybe the Ravens sneak their way into the playoffs as well. 
Well, yeah, they could. Do, I mean, it, it's funny. They could all do that and everybody could be like 10 and 7, 9 and 8. So, yeah, exactly. I, I, exactly. I said the same. I said the same thing about the NFC West, which is also every it's it's a toss up on that one with four teams. So I, I love to close out with a fun question. Uh, this being Familia FFB podcast, we're a Latino focused uh, uh, podcast. It's based on a big Mexican family that loves football. So uh, I always ask, what are your favorite tacos? And do you have any other favorite Mexican food? Oh, so my favorite Mexican food is actually enchiladas. Love enchiladas. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great one. Uh, my favorite taco shop in Pittsburgh is actually a place called Dose Tacos. It's this little taco shop. Um, yeah, I think there's only one and I think it's down in Southside. Um, they're open to like 3 a.m. And it's just you walk in, there's two dudes hanging out in there. There's cooking tacos. They're all three bucks. You get whatever you want on them. They're phenomenal. Um, that's always my recommendation when anybody's asking for food. I'm like, oh, I got to go to Dose Tacos, spend six bucks on some tacos. And it's a great time. <laughs> what are your favorite What are your favorite types? Um, honestly, load me up with everything. If you got guacamole and sour cream and tomatoes, cheese, lettuce, the whole nine, uh, I like chicken over steak or, uh, over, over the meat, but that's just, you know, my preference. Uh, I, I love hearing how everybody wants lo loves their tacos, and and you yeah. know what it is, it's like it's even more than thirty one flavors. I I hear so many different answers. Oh, yeah. I love this one. I love this one. Noah, awesome. Noah, as we would say in Spanish, eso fue un gran placer. This was such a great time. I really appreciate your time on doing this. Uh, let us know. Let our familia community know where they can find your great work. Yeah, yeah. So check out everything on allsteelers.com. Uh, and you guys can check me out on Twitter at Nostrack. I ironically put it in the uh, name there. I didn't mean to, but <laughs> um, yeah, you guys can check me out there and you guys will find everything Pittsburgh Steelers. No, oh, awesome. And, and familia, eso es todo for our show. Uh, uh, thanks again to Noah. Muchas gracias. Muchas gracias for joining us. Uh, also, thank to, thanks to Anchor for being our our hosting network and putting out our our uh, audio podcast on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Also, thanks to YouTube for putting our faces out there and letting us. Uh, and please make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Also, you can find original content at familiaffb.com, where we have original articles that are getting you ready for your fantasy football season. And uh, don't forget, you can find me at Jorge Martin on uh, Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter and also uh, at Familia FFB on Twitter and Instagram. Otra vez, Noah, thank you so much. Fue un gran placer. Muchas, muchas gracias. And everybody, todos somos familia. Salud.